I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Dr. Supercoach Racing. I'm Watto and I'm joined by my co-host Justin and we'll be talking about Supercoach Racing tonight. Uh, we're on the last round for Saturday. Um, so we'll discuss how the last week went, been a pretty busy week and how round eight is shaping up. How's it going Justin? Yeah, very good thanks Watto. As we're nearing the end of the Melbourne Cup Carnival, it's been an absolute uh, fantastic racing the past three days and yeah, looking excited to what uh, waits ahead for the Saturday, especially with two superstar runners going around with our favourite jockey on board. Yeah, exactly. It'll be a pretty clear jockey choice, but we'll touch on that later. Um, how do you go in the previous two rounds? Uh, so Melbourne Cup Day for me, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I know I spoke about putting Very Elegant in my stable in the last podcast. I didn't end up doing it. I had a few little concerns with her. Uh, on top of the ground, I thought she might have needed a little bit more rain around, but I had Spanish Mission, I had Incentivize, Grand Promenade held his own, so Charlie Rose was a little bit disappointing, but I'm not too worried about that. Overall, I was quite happy with the day. Um, I just thought I was just in awe of the performance of Very Elegant. She's proven why she's currently the Australian champion horse uh, of the year, and, you know, she's she's something else, and frankly, I've got her rated as the third best horse I've ever seen. Based off that Melbourne Cup victory, it's just... Horses don't do what she did in that race. She's known to be a better horse uh, with a bit of sting in the ground. And on a good three tracks, she ran past Incentivize, who's currently been, uh, I guess, Australia's weight-for-age horse this spring and, of course, winner of the Caulfield Cup and ran past Spanish Mission, who's got Stradivarius form lines. We're talking world-class form lines. And ran past them like they were nailed to the fence. It's just that was honestly the best Melbourne Cup win I've ever seen. And um, I've seen some pretty handy wins. But uh, from a super coach point of view, it's just... Uh, ticking along every week, probably haven't had 
reaching those 200 point weeks like I've really wanted to but overall consistent enough and yeah just holding my own which is which is fair and hopefully can come home nice and strong and hopefully tip over 200 points in this last round yeah that's definitely what you want um and just having consistent rounds kind of helps um it's all about fun at the end of the day like cup day oaks day have been great um and it kind of this whole it's a eight days where we get four rounds it's a bit of a cluster um and it's pretty crazy at times um i know a few people uh missed lockout um pistol who's a dr Supercoach podcaster he missed lockout today he thought it was on the next round of saturday so it caught a few people out um this pretty hectic week yeah it's a as you said, it's a very busy week and you, go, you had to be on your game all week. Make sure you knew what horses were running over the next couple of days. And again, you have to be well prepared for Saturday with the short turnaround and make sure you've got a fair idea of what your stable is going to be looking like come uh, Friday night and before lockout Saturday morning. Yeah, exactly. Um, just touching on my results, um, I bounced back pretty fast, um, which I was glad of after having a pretty bad Saturday. Um, just popped 180 on the cup day. I pretty much hit everyone. I I think it was on Tuesday morning. I put very elegant back in my stable, um, and it was a pretty good, pretty good uh, reward for doing that. Um, and I just scored 186 today. So I thought I was cracking it. I I played played uh, the Oaks very well, and then I see some of the scores in the group, um, and I'm humbled pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Oaks was an interesting result. I mean, Willowy, I guess, wasn't favourite this morning. Elusive Express did hold the market there, and uh, with a lot of heavy backing late, she did jump favourite in the race. So to you, Watto, and everyone else that did captain her, well done. Great effort there. Uh, Dossier, the runner-up, was a great effort there too. I know a couple people that had that. My mum had that in her stable, so so well done to her. And, um, yeah, anyone else that found the second and third place getters, Biscayne Bay as well. Uh, well done, you've played the Oaks very well and hopefully everyone can continue that type of form into Saturday. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I um, just want to give a quick shout-out to the two uh, round winners for the DIRC League. Um, funny enough, they both scored 208 points each on Cup Day and Oaks Day. So it was Mighty Hustlers on Cup Day, on Cup Day with 208 points and GDS Racing with 208 points today on Oaks Day. Yeah, well done to uh, both of those sides. Obviously, you've had a very good couple of rounds and uh, with the right few picks Saturday, you might be able to continue that 200-plus form and uh, fight it out again this week. Yeah, exactly. Um, So round eight, last round. um, Plan changes a little bit. Um, Just having a quick look at the um, horses. There might be a bit of a cash crunch. Um, we haven't seen in the past few rounds, but Cash Den's pretty much out of the equation now, being the last round. Um, you don't have to focus on ignoring those 500k horses for a price rise. Um, you can just pick the best horse, really, if you can fit them into your stable. Yeah, that's the key. With no uh, no need to, I guess, gain your stable value for next week, go for broke this week. And what I've noticed looking through the fields, it's quite an expensive week at that because some of these gr- the two Group 1 races... They're quite expensive horses, especially those who are really in the market. and um, It's it's really trying to target them. And with the Group 2s and Group 3s, with no 3-year-old or 2-year-old racing, it's making it really hard to sort of buy those cheap options and try and find those little edges 
uh, in the super coach market, but uh, hopefully might have found a couple that we might be able to latch onto. If, the key is, though, you need to have about 2.2 million or more in your uh, super coach, which I think a lot of people will if they've played, I guess, uh, reasonably well the whole way through uh, the the all the way through the rounds. But you know, it's again, it's just going to be down to do your little bit of form, go with your gut, and just lock in that final stable. And um, yeah, I mean, personally, I don't think you're going to be able to afford all the favourites across the day across all the group racing, just because these horses are very expensive. But it's just going to be about trying to separate. See if you can find a little edge with maybe a second or third favourite in the race and possibly rocking with that horse rather than a favourite who could be vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. Unlike uh, the Cup Day, Oaks Day, we'll have to have a bit of uh, making some decisions uh, on who to pick because we just can't fill it with the uh, favourites, as you say. Um, we'll jump straight into the races now. Um, we'll start with the Group 1s. So we'll go with the Dali Sprint Classic, race 6. Um what are your thoughts on this, Justin? Uh, it looks a one-act affair to me, Watto. Nature Strip, he dominates the market. We know he won the Everest last start, and he was mighty impressive doing that. He defeated Eduardo, who came out and won the Classique Legend Stakes. He defeated Home Affairs, who bolted in the Coolmore Stud Stakes on Saturday. That was such an impressive win. J-Mac on board, the man of the moment. He meets eight other horses here, and frankly, outside of Nature Strip, this is no better than a Group 3 or Group 2. I mean, Balanipatina was runner-up at Group 1 level last start, but I don't class her as a Group 1 horse. I thought that was a very moderate Group 1 that she was runner-up in. Shakira, Ranch Hand, uh, bringing a little bit of interest into the race, but Ranch Hand, I'm not sure how good he is, and Shakira should have probably finished in the placings in the Coolmore, but he needs the rain to stay away, and I think there's going to be a little bit during the day on Saturday, which will dint his chances. So to me, outside of Nature Strip, it's a little bit of a danger race, but if you're looking to pop in another horse and try and find a little edge, I probably wouldn't be going Bella Nipotina. I've just got... I've just got little doubts over her of how good is she, how how good is she? I mean, of course I said she was runner up a Group One level last start. What it's not wasn't that strong a form race. I'd rather be with a horse like Shakiro if the rain stays away or Splintex. He's a very strong Flemington straight track horse, and he, although he's struggled to match it up in Group One company in the past, as I mentioned, this is not a Group One type of race outside of Nature Strip. Where I'm imagining Nature Strip's going to be about six or seven in front come to 200. And it's just going to be another race on its own with these other eight horses. But possibly if you're looking to take a second horse, I'd be looking at Shakiro, Splintex, and then maybe Balanipatina. But uh, for me, it'll just be Nature Strip in this, and he looks mighty hard to beat if he's on his best. But what we know about what we know best about Nature Strip is when he's on his A game, he's the world's best sprinter. But often in these types of races, he can put in a little odd step and uh, make it a little issue for himself. But Hopefully that's the old nature strip and we get to see the nature strip that we saw in the Everest and he'll go on and win this uh, very comfortably. Yeah, I agree. I reckon nature strip will go back to his best. Um, such a good sprinter um, and should should land at the highest expected points um, when lockout uh, starts. So pretty much a must. Like 500k, you're not really, you're kind of buying up for him, but very likely winner. Um, I don't like Bella Nipotina either. Uh, she's been very consistent, um, but the races haven't been that strong that she's been in, especially when you're uh, talking about the Manicato Stakes. Um, I do like Ranch Hand only because he's 150k, so if you're really crunching on that cash, you can kind of slip in a Group 1 chance uh, really, really cheap, and he does have a bit of weight, um, weight carry differential on his side 
Um, there's just so much risk on the pick. Yeah, I mean, Ranchand, I could definitely make a case for him. He ran fourth in the Coolmore Stud Stakes last start, and um, he gets down to 53.5 kilos being a three-year-old in the race, so he's very well weighted into this field, and he's definitely got no superstars other than Nature Strip above him. So and we know how good that first up win was over ingratiating down the straight. It was a mighty impressive win, and if he returns to that type of form and can find that turn of foot that he had in that race once again, I mean, I can definitely see him running a placing in this race. Yeah, exactly. But ideally, I think we're both in agreement where if you can kind of fade a second pick and only pick Nature Strip in this race, you should probably go with that. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a very even race outside of Nature Strip. And when it's a very even race, I'd prefer not to play when we've got plenty of other races with uh, what I think are better opportunities later in the card. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of better opportunities, we'll move on to race eight, the McKinnon Stakes, another group one. Um, and our boy Zaki, ridden by James McDonald uh, again, and hopefully he makes it to the line because he's a great horse to watch. Um, it'll be a similar case to the Cox Plate. Like, he's favoured by the bookies, and there might be some hesitancy on his price. He's a bit higher price, but he's, he's had such good form before that scratching in the Cox Plate, like, and before Might and Power, that said. Like, he won five in a row, um, it could be he's back to with James McDonald. So he won four in a row with J-Mac, and then he had a jockey change, and that was in the Might and Power as well. So he's back with J-Mac. So I reckon he sees him, kind of puts his foot back on the door um, and lets people know um, that he's still a powerhouse. Um, I think he's an absolute lock at 450k um, and a possible captain pick. I uh, couldn't agree with you any more there, Watto. And I think you're not, you hit the nail on the head there with James McDonald back in the saddle. He knows his horse better than anyone else. And um, Although Craig Williams, I don't think he did anything wrong in, the, in his Underwood Stakes win uh, two starts back at Sandown and probably rode him a little bit quietly and a bit more patiently than he probably should have last start in the Might and Power, which I think is what resulted in that third placing. But I'm hoping we get a reasonable tempo here. I'm not quite sure where the pace is actually going to come from. Of course, we're going to have Holmesman go forward. We might have Dallas Ann roll forward as well. I'm, hope, I'm hoping that they actually go along a little bit of a clip because that's what this horse needs. Otherwise, I think James McDonald might just take it upon himself and he'll head to the front and hopefully just make the horse, uh, make the horse find his own rhythm, get the horse happy in the run, and that's the key. If this horse is happy, he's arguably Australia's best weight for age horse. And Although he hasn't proven that to date, and we didn't get to see that quite in the Cox Plate because of that scratching early in the morning. His Dubin Cup win from last prep, which was over 2,000 metres, was simply astonishing, and I couldn't talk any more highly of it. And um, That was a Winx-like rating. I think I've said that on here before, and uh, rated just incredibly well and would have been competitive with most of Winx's Cox Plate wins, which just shows that the quality that this horse has within and it's just a matter of whether he can find that form once again. I'm pretty sure Annabelle Neesham and James McDonald are confident that he will bounce back to his best. If he does, they will not see which way he goes in the race. But if there is a little chink in his armour, I think Colette is very hard to knock. I don't think she's a better horse than him by any means, but she's just in a ripping vein of form at the moment. Her win, two starts back at Caulfield. Uh, I sort of knocked her a little bit on her feet, but she had wet ground to favour and she won that well. That was over 1,400 and 
She won the Empire Rose in what seemingly looked like an impossible position last week over the mile. We know she's going to be a mare that's better suited over 2,000 metres, and with a bit of rain around on Saturday, that's definitely not going to hurt her chances. So for me, Colette is the danger, and I'll be popping her in my stable just in case, but I'm pretty confident Zaki will be winning. The other one, uh, the other couple I would be looking at would be Hungry Heart. I think that she's going to very much appreciate the step up to 2,000 metres now. It's been a really weird prep for her. She was an Oaks winner of last prep over 2,400 metres, so I thought maybe a Cox Plate or Caulfield Cup would have been her target for the campaign, but they just sort of took their time with her, finally taking her up to 2,000 metres here, and at Flemington again, she hit the line hard last week in the Empire Rose and has to be some sort of chance for a place, and... Mwanga was fourth in the Cox Plate, and if you can forgive that run, he was only two two or three lengths off. Very elegant, Animo, State Arrest, that type of form wins this race. Um, in saying that, though, I do believe he's the rung below Zaki and uh, will be another in that Hungry Heart collet area fighting out for the placings. But fingers crossed Zaki can get the job done here, and we can see how good a horse he really is, but taking Collet as a bit of a security blanket. Yeah, took the words out of my mouth with Collette. That's pretty much everything I was about to say with her. Um great option um and if you don't want to pick a second in the other group one she's a perfect uh pick um she's a bit pricey at 500k um but if you can afford all three of them with zaki colette and nature strip you kind of want to go for her they'll probably be very highly selected um and the distance won't worry her either and we should get plenty of rain um, yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, I'll be definitely rocking those three horses, Nature Strip, uh, Colette, Zaki. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll be captaining Nature Strip just because his best is better than everything else in that race. But, yeah, hopefully we can see Zaki bounce back because if he does, he'll win this race and likely assert his authority heading into the autumn and hopefully the spring of next year as well, which will be exciting for everyone watching racing and watching this superstar get back to his best. Yeah, and it, Flemington's probably more suited. Zaki compared to Caulfield as well so that should help him a little as well for sure he's going to be a better horse uh, onto this bigger track of Flemington where he can really find his stride and he's got a real big action this horse so I'm not convinced Mooney Valley would have suited him 100% I think class might have just got him over the line in that race but I think getting to Flemington he's got a massive action he's going to find his stride beautifully here and as I've said multiple times now if he finds his best he will be winning this race but just taking Colette as a bit of a security blanket in case he gets up to his tricks of what he did in the Might and Power and get keen over race and cause a few issues for himself. Yeah, exactly. And if you really wanted to uh, uh, fade both the two favourite Group 1s for captaincy, Colette's a risky captaincy pick, but definitely will be up there. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, a couple of people will take Colette just as a bit of a make-or-break week for him just go for Golden if she beats Zaki and if Nature Strip gets up to his old habits, then um, well done. You've definitely cashed in there. But as you mentioned, it's a risky captain selection uh, up against Zaki, who's a star, and Nature Strip, who's expected to just go on and win by win by the length of the Flemington straight. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully we get some uh, interesting results. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going into the Group 2s now, we'll start with the... Matriarch Stakes, race five. Um, Nimali, favourite in this race at 325k. Um, only a seven day break, which is a bit of a worry. Um, it hasn't really recently won, but has some really solid form, and uh, I reckon can is a big chance to uh, challenge in this race. Um, the distance 
bringing it up a bit from what she has been running at 14 to 1600 meters is also a worry but i think i'm just going to lock her in if i can afford it um i also like only words and mimi's award they're both in the second line of betting um distance favor both of them and that's kind of reassuring if we've seen a few horses fade away when they've had to go up in distance um Mimi's award very interesting only 175k so can really help with if you have any cash issues and should she should settle near the back and come charging home she's done it pretty well recently yeah I, I do like Mimi's award in this race but my top selection here is actually Star Rail I just feel that this is this is a target race for the preparation and she's looking for that 2000 meter journey and um, I thought I'd run uh, last start at Mooney Valley was actually very good in that flying mascot race. That horse raided through the roof that day, and although I didn't quite back that performance up at the Empire Rose, I just thought that was the flying mascot's grand final was that race at Mooney Valley. And fourth up now, Star Rail up to 2,000 metres and to Flemington, I think is the big key as well. I feel like she's going to be very well suited, and she wasn't too far off Hungry Heart over 2,000 metres in Sydney last year, and of course we're giving Hungry Heart half a chance in the McKinnon Stakes. Um, on Saturday, so I'm struggling to knock Star Rail from there, and I feel like she's definitely over the odds with the bookies and should be uh, a lot shorter in the market. I think Nimalee's purely favourite because she placed fourth last week in the Empire Rose over the mile. I'm not convinced of her over 2,000 metres, which is my issue there. Uh, she was fifth in the Rose Hill Cup, I think it was last year, or earlier in this year, I can't remember exactly, but... Um, I just thought she was just that she's that little bit weak to be running out a strong 2,000 metres. And I mean, I could have egg on my face there, definitely, because her run last week in the Empire Rose was very good. But I'm a little bit concerned on that week back up. She's drawn very wide here. And Rachel King doesn't exactly have a lot of experience around Flemington either. She's a Sydney-based jockey. And up against some of the other riders here who have been riding, who have been riding winners throughout the whole carnival and... Overall, I feel like it's a very even race. I think there's multiple chances in it. But for me, Star Rail, I'll be going with in my stable. And I'm also probably going to be taking Mimi's award. I just feel her run last start at Caulfield was very good. There's going to be enough rain around for her. She's looking for the 2,000 metres, and she's a third-up winner. And when she does strike form, she really does hold it. Uh, they will have been looking for her to peak in this race. And I'm confident that she'll be around the mark. And at $175,000, she's going to be... Uh, my little uh, group two lock along with Star Owl for this week. Yeah, very nice. Um, I think this this group two is one to deviate a bit. Um, if you want to select, as, as you said, there's a lot of good chances in this. Um, and this could be one race that kind of puts you against a lot of people in terms of there's a lot of options, a lot, like you said, Nimalee heavily back, so a lot of people will go for her. Um and yeah, there's tons of options you can go for. Yeah, I think in this race, barriers are going to make a big difference. And we've got a lot of key chances drawing wide. So my selections in the race did go Star Rail, Mimi's Award, Only Words and Nimalee. And the reason I did have... Mimi's Award, although it's drawn wide, she's going to get back anyway. So she's going to have plenty of clear galloping room from that wide gate. So I'm not concerned there. Star Rail is going to get the dream run just off the speed, probably two or three pairs back. So Damien Lane will be looking the winner at the top of the straight aboard Star Rail. And... With Nimalee only words, I'm just not exactly sure where they get to in the run. That's my main concern there, because only words I think might have to... She's either just going to have to snag right back or try and find a three-wide line with cover. And of course, you know, you need a lot of luck to find that position in the race. But I just thought Mimi's award and Star Rail based 
I thought they were over the odds in the bookies and they jumped off the page to me as big chances in the event that I think were both set for the race. Nimalee, her grand final, I do believe, was last week and only words needs to have a big step up in class from a Mooney Valley win last start. But I'm quite happy to be playing in this race, even though I've mentioned that it is quite even. I feel that I have found two horses that are the right horses to be winning the Matriarch Stakes based off uh, recent history in the race. These horses who are targeted for the race generally do run very well rather than horses who are looking at it as a as a backup option as such. Yeah, and it's good to note as well, um, you're talking about uh, odds are kind of going a bit heavy or a bit uh, soft in comparison to what your views are. We'll probably see them come in and drift uh, closer to Saturday as well. So it's a good idea for certain races like this, the Matriarch Stakes, to kind of keep an eye if um, if anyone's drifting so indefinitely drifts, then it's obvious that uh, a lot of people aren't really backing her and favouring some other horses closer to Saturday. For sure, and the market's been very spot on uh, over this spring carnival. There's been a lot of plunges landed on horses, and I do feel Nimalee will be well backed up until race day, but it's just a matter of this: how much rain comes and if it comes during the races. If it comes during the races and this track could possibly get into, I guess, a really soft range, I feel the money might come for Mimi's award and uh, on a form point of view and a horse who's trekking along well for the race, I feel that's when the money... Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Money might come for Star Rail, but it's going to be an interesting race anyway. As I mentioned, it's very even mares race as they always are. And we could even see a little roughy bob up in there as we've seen in previous years. Yeah, exactly. And you'd probably want to select maybe two is probably a sweet spot, I reckon. It's the only group two on Saturday and a lot of the horses are in that 200 to 300k range so it's probably a nice uh nice fill off for your stable for the mid mid pack of your stable yeah definitely it's I guess you can yeah you can pick two horses in this race or try and find uh, there's a lot of similar priced horses in this race I should say compared to uh horses in the uh in the in the VRC Sprint Classic so I guess if you wanted two horses in that race, and hopefully you can jag the one that finishes second in Nature Strip. But uh, in this race, I feel like I'm pretty confident. I find I found two of the first four horses home here, and I'd rather be playing there rather than I guess throwing a dart uh, in the VRC Sprint Classic. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, we'll move on to the Group Threes now. Um, we'll start with the Elizabeth Stakes. Only six horses in this one. Um, I feel, we had a chat before on this, uh, I feel like it's a bit of a trap, um, but Justin has some pretty clear thoughts about it. I'm super excited to be playing in this race because to me it looks exactly like the Foxy Frieda race uh, from today, Oaks Day, 
Uh, it was a very small field. It was a condensed market. There were multiple. There were three main chances in the market, but I just look at the field. I look saw the field and saw that Foxy Frieda had the best turn of foot in what was expected to be a slowly run race. She's got plenty of room to move, and she. That's exactly how the race panned out. Got to the outside, exploded away from them, and did prove too good. I feel Warnings had a very interesting prep in this Queen Elizabeth. I feel that he needs that more genuine tempo because he's a proper stayer. So 2,600 metres at a walking pace, which I'm expecting it to be, is not exactly going to suit him unless they get rolling early and possibly try and repeat tactics like they did in the derby uh, when he won it last year. Uh, sorry, two years ago that was. Um, but that St. Ledger win was very good last start, but I think he's too short in the market, and I feel like he needs that really wet track, so maybe a soft six to soft seven, even heavy eight. That's where we see the best from warning. Uh, Wentwood's also in the market, was very good in the Bendigo Cup last start. Dr. Drills, a bit of a non-winner, but did run well in the Geelong Cup, running second. Looked the winner, but peaked late, as he often does. I do have concerns with him over 2,600 metres. So the one I've landed on, and the one I'm super keen on here, and uh, one of my better selections of the day, actually, is Luna Flair. She was very strong in the Mooney Valley last in the Mooney Valley Cup last start, and she's adaptable to both fast and slow tempo. So if they go along at a clip, she's got the turn of foot and the staying ability to come over the top of them. And if it's a slow tempo, she has the best turn of foot in the race to come over the top of them. And uh, jumping from barrier six, she's just going to be snagged back as she has every start for the preparation and pretty much every start to her career. And I just love the fact that she's building to her racing nicely. And although she's been up for a while, she's just still going up and going through her grades, and she did beat Floating Artist, important to note, in the Mooney Valley Cup, and although he was very unlucky in that race and should have beaten her, fact is, she beat him, and he finished fourth in the Melbourne Cup. So we got a pretty strong form reference there from the Graham Begg mare. Um, pretty confident Luna Flair will be getting the chockies here, and definitely a lock for my stable, but warning, Dr. Drill, Wentwood, they're all in the market, but expecting them to get out and a little bit of money to come for Luna Flair on the day. Yeah, exactly, and she's won her last two. When you're talking about how she, how she races, she's won her last two exactly like that. Um, so it's a pretty solid uh, from just a form piece to expect that again. Um, and like you said, the most versatile. Yeah, and she's just. I, I just love how she's just going through her grades. I remember she was sort of battling around Packenham, Cranbourne, even just a few starts ago. She ran second to a horse called Taramanzor. Uh, I think it was at Packenham one day on the synthetic track. It might have been four starts ago, actually. And then she came out and ran another nice second at Flemington. Flemington, the key here, she loves this track. Uh, she just loves to build into her work. And with this massive straight that she has to work with, it just suits her racing style down to the ground. And I just can't see why she's sort of third or fourth pick in the market here. Although Warning comes through a nice race in Sydney, Dr. Drill and Wentwood come through country cups. This mare's just absolutely flying. And when you've got a mare in form, you don't... Uh, you want to be with them. You want to be just sticking with them because they generally keep up their good form. Yep. Um, from S Supercoach perspective, um, she's only 200k compared to Warning at 350k. So you're saving 150k um, if you're choosing her over him. Um, and that could kind of give you more room to breathe in those group ones. Yeah, well, that definitely has for me. Uh, taking Luna Flair here and taking Mimi's award earlier in the card as well as has allowed me to grab Colette, Nature Strip both at 500k and Zaki at 450. Yep, exactly. Um, we'll touch on the other group three now, the Chatham Stakes. How are you seeing this one? Uh, I'm finding this a very hard race, very even race, pr quite pricey horses in it. 
Uh, In my own selections, I've taken Justin Cantor on top. I just feel that he's in really good form at the moment and is definitely underestimated by the market. He's at near double figures in this race. He won the Lynn Lithgow last last weekend. That was a very impressive win, and he's a better horse over 1,400 metres. So I don't see why the market's not favouring him here. Shalo got a long way back uh, in the Empire Rose, and she came home nicely. She did enough there, and back in grade, down to 54.5 kilos, she has to be some sort of chance, of course, and... Um, just for me at the price, I don't think I can be confident in taking that price as to what I feel her winning chances are in an even race. The really interesting runner in this race, and probably not from a super coach point of view where you could take him because he's $400,000, but it's Sinawan. James McDonald, Anthony and Sam Friedman partner up here, and if this horse comes to the races 100%, he will bolt in. He's a very good horse. He's got form around Armoury, who finished Second in the Cox Plate last year to Sir Dragonet. He's got former around Japan, who's been one of the best horses uh, in the world for a very long time from the powerful Irish Aidan O'Brien stable. Um, it's just really strong international form, and um, his record speaks for itself. He's a two-time winner uh, in 10 starts. He's been placed another five times with two seconds and three thirds. It's just He's also got former around Mogul, so now we're talking like Melbourne Cup form lines here around Spanish Mission and those types of horses. It's just super strong form, and if he's at his best, he'll just win this race. But um, we always have to have some sort of query over these international runners coming over for their first start in Australia, especially when they're imported to a new stable. But if he's right, I'm expecting him to win, and uh, I think this the tail to this race will be the market. If the market finds him, um, we know what the result's probably going to be. If we find that he's a drifter in the market, then I think the race is probably between... Uh, horses such as uh, Shalo, Justy Cantor, and maybe even Rainier, who can run a big race first up. Yeah, I like Shalo as well. 275k. Um, very, very favoured by the bookies. I was actually going to mention Sinawan um, before you did. I actually, he kind of leapt out at the page at me uh, when I was looking through it earlier today until I saw that he was 400k. And I was trying to figure out a way to put him in because I think he definitely... I rate him very highly uh, to win this race, especially with J-Mac um, on board. Um. Absolutely. If this race was a Group 2 or even a Group 1, he would be an absolute lock in my stable, just at Group 3 level. And, of course, the little issue, the little questions that I pointed out before of him being uh, an import first up in Australia, there is that risk. You're only playing for 24 points. I'd rather be playing in that Mayor's race at Group 2 level for 32 points and, of course, the Group 1's for 40 if this was a Group 2, I'd be 100% locking him in and making him um, yeah, a really good edge uh, in the race yeah, and in Supercoach. He won't be highly picked either, so if you really want to try to get him in, um, if there's a few key scratchings as well, might be a play. Um, yeah. If you feel like there's going to be uh, a few little upsets on the day, including in the Group 1s and that Mare's Group 2, um, he'd be one I'd be definitely looking at it putting in or... As I mentioned, Shaylo, Justicana. Um, Shaylo will be probably well-favoured if people are playing in the Group 3s because she's reasonably cheap and well-favoured in the market. But Justicana and Sinawan, I think, um, are two reasonably good selections that are over the odds uh, with the bookies. Yeah, exactly. And they should come in. Um, did you want to talk about any of the listed races or handicaps? Um, there was uh, a couple of races that I actually wanted to talk about here. And one of them was race number four, the Amanda Elliott. I'll be putting in our Heidi into the stable. Um, Even though it looks a very even race on paper, this girl's got a lot of ability. And um, she was, I guess, 
a good thing beaten at Mooney Valley last start. And I like the fact that she's now drawn um, off the fence because she was stuck up upon, up on the fence and had to weave over heels and come storming down the outside late in what was a race where it was just too late for her to make up any ground. She should have won that race very comfortably. Brett Preble, he's rode a couple of winners today on Oaks Day. Uh, she's well overdue for that maiden win. And outside of her, I don't think the race is very strong. I mean, Jimmy the Bear is a, a nice horse going forward. He's nice and tough, but... Um, he hasn't really been tested against anything decent. Port Louis got a world of ability, but he just can't get it right in between the ears. And Scissor Step's very consistent, just um, draws awkwardly in barrier 16 and not sure where that horse lands. But I feel our Heidi's a nice little play in the race. Um, I think she's only $50,000 as well. So um, I feel she's a nice play in the race for your eighth selection. And even if she does no good, that's that's okay because she just bombs out anyway, being your, your lower scorer. But I'm happy to be taking her as a nice little cheapie in the event. Um, just to step in, how Heidi, 125k. So not as cheap as you thought, but well, definitely <laughs> definitely probably going to be your cheapest pick regardless. And we'd probably, we saw it today, um, horses kind of drifting away from the... Um, from the inside on the on the turn, do you think that's going to be the same case with the rain on Saturday? Uh, I would expect it. I would expect them to sort of come towards, come right out wide. We saw it a few years ago on this day, actually, where come the last few races, they were all you, the place you wanted to be was on the outside fence, even uh, around the around the races where you had to go around the bend. Uh, horses were just heading straight out to the outside fence into the middle of the track, and I do feel that's going to be the place to be again on Saturday especially if that rain comes. But um, the other race I was looking at as well was the last, and that was the World Horse Racing Grand Handicap, but over 1,100 metres. And uh, this is just about the pick of the carnival for me, and that's Duchess of Dorset. This horse is on a very big upward spiral, and I don't think faces any world beaters in this race. I think the ma- one of the main dangers in it is it's our time, and I think that horse is going to need a little bit more ground. This horse is just flying it. Uh, bolted in last start, never looked like losing. Craig Williams hops aboard. I've got no problems with him now. He rode a winner today, so quite convinced he's found a, a little bit of his better form, which which is what we like to see. Uh, draws barrier nine, some midfield. They're going to be able to roll forward, just take their time, hopefully kick away. I don't think there's anything that can beat her in this. Uh, that can beat it in this race. Hal Vorson won today, so it'll come out. You would assume, unless they go on a very quick backup, which I would hope not, considering he's been an injury-prone horse, but. I just feel Duchess of Dorset is a lock, especially um, seeing as she's not in the super coach system as of yet. Um, I'm, I'm praying that she comes up at 50 grand, but I'm thinking that's highly unlikely. Um, I'm thinking she'll probably come up around that $100,000, $125,000. And if she does, uh, she's definitely a lock for me and uh, a nice little safe play on the day on what is a very even race day where potentially there could be upsets happen. Yeah, exactly. Um I I reckon 100, 125k as well. Um, it'd be amazing if it was 50k. I'd probably slot her in straight away. Um, I'm looking at her to see how my stable goes early, but I'm gonna probably try to focus on the uh, group one to threes. Yeah, it's just it's all about targeting this week, and if you can try and find a little edge somewhere in the market, hopefully, as I mentioned, hopefully I found one in the mares race uh, with a couple of horses who aren't exactly favoured and Luna Flair who's the fourth favourite in one of the group threes pretty keen there but uh, those two uh, other races that I've spoken about with our Heidi and Duchess of Dorset there's also races to help me uh, afford some of those better group one horses and uh, try and grab those two horses in the mares race um, as well I just for me this is my perfect stable every horse 
uh, I'm having in. I've selected either on top or second in my selections. So I'm very pleased with the stable I've got going in. And although it may seem like it's a little bit rough because I've got a couple of horses at double figures, I've got horses who aren't exactly favoured in their races. But on a form point of view, I'm stoked with what I've got. And um, just depending on what Duchess of Dorset comes up, as long as she doesn't come up at anything ridiculous like a quarter of a million, then she'll be sliding straight into my stable. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And so it's the last round, so you kind of um, you're not really risking much anyway. Like if you lose out on twenty points, it's twenty points at the end of the day. It's not going to really affect your rankings much. Um, and I I'm on the play of I'd rather risk it in the last round to kind of get a bit of a bump up, get a nice score, maybe over 200 would be good, um, instead of just getting a normal, uh, consistent score like you've probably been doing. Yeah, it's just trying to find that edge. And, I mean, if you're not in a sort of inside the top 50 this week, um, it's probably unlikely that uh, you can win the whole competition. So, as we've said from the start, just try and beat your mate, find someone that you want to beat, try and... Try and beat them if they're on a similar score to you, and if you can find that little edge, definitely pop it in because um, what's the worst that can happen? It's only a game at the end of the day, and it's all a bit of fun. Yeah, exactly, and you never know. You might win the weekly uh, prize. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's sort of what I'm starting to strive for, especially the last three weeks, just try and find a couple of edges, and if it comes off, so be it. I've cleaned up 500 bucks and 1000 bucks if you're a Supercoach subscriber. So, yeah, it's all a bit of fun. Just try and aim for the weekly prize and... Um, yeah, try and find a couple of little ledgers in the market, especially this week, just for try and boost up your score as much as you can rather than just play it safe and uh, hold your spot. Yeah, definitely. I think they'll kind of boost off uh, this round, the uh, one we had on Thursday for Oaks Day, because a lot of people miss lockout. So you might actually, even if you don't expect a bit of a boost this round, um, you might get one. And then if people have missed lockout, they might just give up and you might get a bit more of a bonus on your ranking yeah absolutely i mean um yeah just play it as if this is of course it's going to be the last round for the season have some fun with it and maybe even try and do a bit of form here and there and try and find a few winners and have a good brag about it if you do end up winning your private league or your own public league whatever you're in just have a bit of fun with it this week that's the main thing but we'll move on from that and we'll have a quick chat about jockeys uh we both with J-Mac here. I mean, he's been the man of the carnival, man of the spring, absolutely on fire. And I think it's safe to say uh, he is Australia's best jockey currently. But uh, Damien Oliver's still the GOAT. I'm, <laughs> he's just a superstar still. Yeah, exactly. He's, he, J-Mac's been so good. Like, I think it's 72 points for the whole Supercoach season, which is crazy um, to even fathom. And if they maybe change the jockeying system next year to be a bit more impactful because we've had some... We, we're very critical. Of, it really doesn't matter much. You can have a guy like James McDonald who's dominated, absolutely dominated uh, the season and he might be... You might be 30 points up the next jockey. Yeah, he's... If you haven't had him in all season, then you've arguably cost yourself at least a group one and a, a, a group... Uh, group 2 win as well, so take him this week, he's on Nature Strip, he's on Zaki, that should be an automatic 6 points, he's on yep. that overseas import that I mentioned before, if that thing wins, he's on 9, expect him to have a big last day um, before he heads back to Sydney and uh, clean up both Group 1s and just as he did the Melbourne Cup, just uh, make us, make our Melbourne jockeys look uh, below average. <laughs> yeah, he'll have a banger on the last round. I do like Brett Preble as well, 
um, if you really do not want to pick J-Mac for whatever reason. Um, but every, when I was looking through the races, I'm like, oh, J-Mac has a good ride, but I'm trying to look for other jockeys. <laughs> yeah, there's there's probably no edge this week with jockeys. I mean, Brett Preble's on some pretty handy rides. He's got Dr. Drill early on in the card. Only words, of course, has to be some sort of chance. Um, but J-Mac, I've got him on top in the first race. Um, I, he potentially could get a 15-point week this week. He's just, he's the man of super coach at the moment, and just stick with him because you'll end up losing otherwise, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, captaincy, we'll quickly uh, go into captaincy. We've mentioned it previously, but who are you thinking captaincy? I'm probably, it's probably two options really like unless you want to go against the grain yeah for me nature strip if he's at his best he'll just win that race and happy to take the risk that if he's not at his best well so be it but i think if he shows anything like he did in the everest he'll be winning and uh putting on an absolute clinic for everyone watching so nature strip for the 80 points this week yep sounds good i'll probably lean onto nature strip as well i'm kind of tossing uh nature strip and zaki up um but i'm probably gonna go nature trip um currently will be my captaincy selection once our lockout ends yeah he's a he's a he's a safe play this week so um definitely just just roll with him i think uh potentially of course we mentioned zaki if he's not at his best there are a couple of dangers in the race um if he's at his best it probably doesn't matter which way you go nature strips expected to win he'll be the most popular captain by 100 miles this week so yeah definitely nature strip is a high recommendation from myself yeah, exactly. Um, if you guys want to give us any questions uh, before Saturday or even afterwards, um, you can reach us on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Watto underscore four. And mine is Justin Darcy seven. Yep, and that's all for this our last. This will be our last podcast for the season. Um, my thoughts, it's been a pretty great season, actually, um, and it's been a blast uh, podcasting with you, Justin, and having all our listeners tune in. Yeah, it's been an absolute ball. It's been great hosting with you, Watto, and I guess also learning the other side of Supercoach and sort of the number side. Uh, me being a former analyst, I've sort of done my whole uh, my whole Supercoach system through, through form and my own selections in each race, but it's been interesting hearing, I guess, all about XP points and all these different... Uh, different ways you can play super coach and i guess the percentages play which does end up uh i guess the superior way of playing super coach overall on most fantasy bases but one day us form guys will get you and um yeah we'll just we'll just wait to see when that comes but hopefully we get to do this all again next season motto as i mentioned it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you to everyone that has listened it's been been wonderful and hopefully we've given you a little bit of help here and there with uh some of these selections on these big group one days yeah, couldn't have said it but myself. Um, thanks, everyone, and have a good year. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.